Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So then, at 7.38, this UN Security Council resolution that's uh, been discussed in draft form and apparently looked like it had been agreed and set to go through was described as the strongest set of sanctions imposed by the Security Council in more than two decades by the US ambassador to the United Nations, Samantha Power. North Korea then set to feel the brunt of its uh, actions. That would be a nuclear test, a fourth ever at the start of the year, and then that rocket launch earlier uh, last month. But the uh, US ambassador may have been a little premature with those comments because Russia has asked for a delay to consider this further. Let's bring in Dr. Bruce Bennett, Senior Defence Analyst from the RAND Corporation. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Great to have you with us. Um, let's oh, look at the draft you. as is, though, and what its most notable details are. Sure, uh, and we don't know all of the details uh, for certain. At least I have not seen a copy of the draft, but I've seen the reports on it. Mm. And with Russia holdout, it could still adjust things. But I think the most notable things, first of all, is the refusal to sell aviation or rocket fuel to North Korea. That would essentially shut down the North Korean airlines, also make it difficult for any other country to fly aircraft into North Korea, that weren't fully fueled and able to leave North Korea in response. So certainly no long-range flights. Um, there would be a discontinuation of mineral sales. North Korea's coal and iron sales to China specifically amount to a large amount of uh, hard currency that North Korea gets for those. Those would be banned with the caveat that we would have to demonstrate that they support illicit activities which may be difficult to do. And finally, the requirement to ins inspect North Korean cargo shipping uh, to make sure there's no illicit cargoes on board. Those are three of the really big things that are new here. So would this potentially halt North Korea's tourism program, for example, just out of interest? The reason I emphasize that is because we've got right now this 21-year-old Otto Warmbier uh, in custody in North Korea from the United States. Would it prevent the likes of him from even entering North Korea in the future if, uh, if it would make flight so challenging? Uh, it certainly is going to reduce any such uh, traffic uh, to a very low level, one would expect, that uh, there just aren't going to be that many options for people to get into the North. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, given the North Korean propensity to take hostages from the tourists. And perhaps more importantly, would it be able to put a stop, do you think, to those uh, provocations that we've seen already uh, this year? Would all parties, do you think, play ball? I'm, I'm looking at Russia and China particularly there. Well, so what we don't know is whether or not Russia's even going to support the resolution and allow it to go through or whether it will veto it or whether it will insist on significant reductions. So uh, Russian activity at this stage becomes very important. Uh, if the resolution goes through as roughly drafted, 
Then the question is, how strictly does China enforce it, which will in part require Korean and U.S. action to identify potential violations uh, so that action can be taken to stop the violations. Um, and that's going to require an increased activity on our intelligence communities, more intelligence capabilities, um, and uh, those, those are things which we'll have to yet demonstrate we can effectively do. So, uh, but will these stop provocations like nuclear tests? Probably not. North Korea has already dug tunnels for another nuclear test. Uh, because the test in January was apparently a failure to demonstrate North Korea's objectives, uh, Kim Jong-un may be planning another one in the next few months. And if so, he's probably already got the weapon and the tunnels. Not going to be able to stop it with these sanctions. What um, would then happen, do you think? I mean, is there wiggle room for further sanctions, or have we reached then the limit uh, with this potential resolution of, of what can be done in non-military terms? No, the, the uh, U.S. law just passed by Congress and signed by President Obama that uh, imposes sanctions against or what are called secondary sanctions. Any company that is associated with doing business in North Korea can be punished for doing that business and forced to stop that business, which some Chinese firms already appear to be acting to terminate. Uh, but that's only a U.S. law that is not a U.N. Security Council resolution. So there are some more things that can be done, but, uh, security, or, but sanctions in and of themselves can't stop all of the North Korean provocations, which could even go into limited nuclear or limited military attacks like in 2010, the sinking of the warship, mm. the shelling of Yonpyong Island. I mean, we might have said the same then, but surely any action of that nature would uh, risk spilling out of control, wouldn't it, now? Unless... Oh, absolutely. The South Korean response, uh, that South Korea has said that if North Korea does that, it's going to fire back many times more powerfully. Um, and if they do, and because North Korea would do such things largely for internal political purposes, the likelihood of their escalation, uh, such a thing could well lead to a major war. And the thing is, we're about to see the largest ever military drills involving U.S. and South Korea, another direct response outside the framework of sanctions. And we know North Korea gets very riled up by such drills. So tensions probably are going to get further heightened, would you say, before they calm down again? Oh, yes, certainly. But, but we have to remember, North Korea has just finished its winter training exercise. It's not just like... Uh, the U.S. and South Korea do these things to uh, aggravate North Korea. Both sides do training exercises. It's a necessity with military forces. Uh, it's just North Korea has managed to finish theirs, and now they're fully criticizing South Korea and the mm. U.S. as if they haven't just done the same thing. So they're very hypocritical in their positions. Now, what about China? Is China also hypocritical in its position? Because we've, we've had uh, Chief Nuclear Envoy Wu Dawei affirming that Beijing will faithfully carry out the resolution that it has agreed to, which uh, we'll come on to Russia in a second. But can we expect China to be faithful, as he suggested? Uh, historically, China has done some enforcement, but allowed some things uh, not to go enforced. 
it's hard to tell exactly how much that has been the case. Uh, but in this case, uh, I would have to guess that they're not going to fully enforce everything. It would be very difficult to do that well. Uh, but we will see with China. I think the important thing, though, is on the no mineral sales, uh, the requirement that that be shown to support illicit North Korean behavior gives China a loophole. Uh, it could literally back off from the enforcement and say, well, we don't know that there's anything illicit going on from the money North Korea is getting for these sales. Yes. So um, probably going to be a mixed bag. China will do some things to demonstrate its uh, support, but probably not be fully rigorous. And why would Russia be holding things up now? China, presumably, if they're happy with it, you know, that would uh, be odd, wouldn't it, for Russia to have a bigger issue than Beijing? Well, there are two ways to read that situation. Way number one, Ch Russia wants to demonstrate that it, too, is a great power. When China and the U.S. hammered out the details, Russia was not involved. And so Russia was naturally upset that it didn't get involved until now and wants the opportunity to shape it like it's a great power as well. Uh, but the alternative is to say China was willing to give on a lot of these issues because it knew that Russia could hang them up, and maybe there was even Russian and Chinese uh, working together to decide that China would give on a bunch of things and then Russia would stop it. So mm. you really don't know at this yeah. point. We are out of time, but just in a brief word, do you think there's any possibility of the U.S. compromising given... Uh, the situation with this student Otto Warmbier being held at the moment in North Korea? There's always the possibility of a temporary or a small compromise, but I think at this stage the U.S. does not see that any serious compromise would be appropriate. Um, it's going to push ahead with these sanctions. It's going to work with uh, South Korea on the THAAD issue and so forth. I think the U.S. is pretty determined to get things right this time around. Dr. Bennett, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Dr. Bruce Bennett from the RAND Corporation. Our email's open to you anytime you like. EFM this morning at gmail.com.